and tuning in. Uh, we just finished with Worship Today by Chris Tomlin, How Great Is Our God. Um, our God is super, super, super great. And he's amazing and he's wonderful, powerful, and he's the one true living God, the almighty God. And uh, I just want to welcome everyone here today, um, everyone that's listening throughout the world, in every different nation, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you guys. That God wouldn't send his son if he didn't love you. So I just want you to know that whoever needs to hear that, it's the truth. That it's the truth that will set you free. And we just welcome everyone this that's listening on all platforms, um, Anchor, Apple. We just welcome, we greet you and any other platforms that are listening right now. May God bless you. May God keep you and hold you. And may his favor shine upon you today. Um, but before we uh, jump into this Bible study, this segment today of the book of Revelation, um, I really felt in my heart that the Holy Spirit told me that we should participate in communion. This is not, um, this is not something that we do because because we want to do it it's because the lord jesus said that you do this in remembrance of me and what this symbolizes is that passover it symbolizes the last supper when jesus broke the bread and he took the cup of wine and he did this in a very intimate setting with his disciples telling him drink of my blood, eat of my flesh, right? And that's what he's saying is that we have to fully consume Jesus, that we remember what he did on that cross 2000 years ago. So I welcome everyone, wherever you're at, I want you to participate in this holy communion that we get to have with the Lord Jesus. And um, you can use whatever uh, communion elements that you have but we would love to just do this uh, before we start. So if you guys need to prepare, you know, grab your grape juice, grab your crackers, whatever you have. Let's do this in the remembrance of Lord Jesus. Take up our communion elements, everyone. So we're going to start with your cracker or your bread or whatever you have in your hands. What this symbolizes is that Jesus broke his body on that cross, that he paid for our sins with his body, right? By his stripes, we are healed. By his chastisement, he gave us peace. He was bruised for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. So we're going to do this in remembrance of him. So if we guys could be joined together as brothers and sisters in Christ all across the world. Just let's come in agreement. Lord God, we just thank you, Father. 
we thank you that we get to participate. What a privilege and honor it is to be in this communion with you. That without the blood of Jesus, there'd be no reconciliation towards you. And we just thank you that we are redeemed from every demonic power, that we're redeemed from the pit, that we're redeemed from the grave, and that we're given everlasting life through Jesus. That Jesus, this piece of bread or piece of cracker that we have represents your body. And we do this in remembrance and honor and reverence towards you, Jesus. And that we are disciples of you, Jesus. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for the atonement of sins that you've washed on that cross for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the bread of life and that you give us satisfaction. And we're so grateful and thankful that you've healed us from the inside out, that you've given us your own spirit to dwell and live with us, the Holy Spirit. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit that you'd be upon us and that you would have your power flow through us in this time. So we break this peace in remembrance of you. We thank you for what you did. Now everyone let's eat in remembrance of Jesus. Now we take this cup of juice or wine, whatever you have. This signifies the new covenant that Jesus made with us, with all men and all women, all flesh, because Jesus, your blood has purified us and sanctified us before our heavenly father, that we're pure and spotless and blameless that by your blood we're no longer sinners, but we're saints in your eyes. And that your blood is speaking better things, that your blood overpowers the kingdom of darkness, that your blood has destroyed the works of Satan, that your blood has given us freedom and redemption. And we do this in honor of you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that sacrificial place and time that you did on that cross for us. That you were the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. And we drink this in remembrance of you. To have everyone just partake in this and, and drink. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your obedience, your humility, your sacrifice, that you are the risen king, that you are lifted on high and you are seated at the right hand of the father. We want to glorify you and exalt you and magnify your name. And Lord, just have your way in this Bible study. Holy Spirit, use me as a vessel, flow throughout me. And in this time that you would touch many, many people 
through this podcast and whoever's listening would just have a personal encounter with you, Lord Jesus. And that they would be free from any demonic oppression or possession. And we cancel the assignment of the enemy. We cancel distractions. We cancel uh, failed uh, attempts, Lord God, of maybe technology that's not working or whatever the case is. We bind it right now in Jesus' mighty name. And we throw it away. We throw every attack away right now, far from us in Jesus' mighty name. That this place would be a time of communion and fellowship and they'd be anointed, Lord. And that you would really just speak through your people through me. And that the word that you've given us today to talk about. Lord God, touch them deeply and mightily. Give them this peace and joy that only comes from you. Fulfill their needs, oh God, but also fulfill the desires of their heart. Help them to see that your goodness and your graciousness and your mercy and your power and your love is more greater than any circumstance they're going through right now. That they can always turn to you, Lord, and that you'll never forsake them. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for just the bodies and the health and the redemption that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We give you all the glory, power, and dominion and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we ask, amen. Amen. Well, how's everyone doing today? Blessed. Good. Does anyone have anything to share? Um, I do. Okay. But I always do. <laughs> it's fine. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had um a mammogram done about a week ago, and um. They want me to do another test, probably like in two weeks, because they they found some stuff there. And just and to, I just want to let you guys know to pray for me that everything comes um, that there's nothing in there. Just you know whatever. It's just whatever's in there is just natural. It, I don't want it to be anything else but that. And I'm asking for prayer. Okay. So has the Lord kind of revealed to you like any scriptures to stand on? Has mm-hmm. has he been speaking to you through this time about what to do next? Yes, he just says to just trust in him and also to pray for the right doctor that's going to help me for other issues that I'm going through right now. Okay. And, and I'm going to just stand on that. And I've been praying uh, healing scriptures that you gave me. And I, it built me up and my spirits feel strong and I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't get depressed or anything like that. I'm just holding on to God's word right now. That's good. That sounds like you're on the right track and I would just continue pressing on and, and to be in that, um, in that place of surrenderance and that, in that place of really depending on God in this time. Because he will make a way out. Even if you walk through the fire, 
doesn't mean that you have to be burned by it. Doesn't mean that you'll smell like smoke, right? It, it's literally um, the grace of God that's able, that we're able to do anything, you know, it's by the grace of God. So just keep pulling on him and, and staying close to him and um, he'll set you free. Amen. Amen. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Does anyone else have anything to share? I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for someone that's dealing with bone disease or bone deficiency. Whoever that is, if that's anyone here that's listening now or some that you know, or someone that's going to listen um, on the podcast, we're going to come in agreement right now. Lord, we just ask you and thank you for giving us this revelation that Christ, what you reveal, you heal. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's by the bloodshed of you, Jesus, that makes things new and restores things. So, Father, we just give you the glory and honor and praise beforehand. We thank you, God, that your grace is flowing in us like rivers. We just thank you that your mercy is new each and every morning. We thank you that your love that is unstoppable towards these people that are listening to you right now. So whoever is dealing with bone disease and bone deficiency, I command bones be healed in Jesus' name. I bind you, you spirit of affliction, to get out in Jesus' name. Bones be restored and whole. Strength to the bones, Lord. Brand new. That any type of deficiency of calcium or vitamins be restored and flowing back into their body. All their skeletal their, all their skeleton muscles and bones and tissue be healed and whole by Jesus' name. We cancel your assignment, you foul spirit. You, you spirit of cancer, of bone cancer, get out in Jesus' name. Be healed and whole by the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I yield to you. Have your way. Be healed and whole in Jesus' mighty name. Fully restored from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. Bones be healed. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Jesus, that you are willing to heal. And that your name's above every other name. And whatever they're going through, it must bow down to your name, Jesus. So we cancel your assignment, enemy. We command that spirit to leave now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. All right. That was... That was random. I believe it was for someone. So I just want to be obedient and I want to be led by the Holy Spirit at all times. And if that is anyone listening or you know someone else that's dealing with that, 
We would love to hear from you guys. We would love to hear testimonies. So contact us at Maranatha Ministries Love at gmail.com. Because guess what? When we say testimonies, it rebirths testimonies. So it's when we say something that we've gotten healed or God's delivered us or given us freedom, we're literally saying, God, do it again. Do it again. And God's no respecter of persons. What he'll do for one, he'll do for another. And Jesus' blood washed all that clean. And his word accompanies miracles, signs, and wonders. So we believe in faith, whoever that is. And God bless you. And we're, we're looking forward to, to hearing your testimony. So thank you. All right. Speaking about testimonies, I have a few testimonies. I think this past week, I think I saw or seen, I think two or three legs grow out. I prayed for blind eyes this week, and I also was praying for a demon to get cast out before I came here. Um, I'm going to tell you this. Do not be afraid to step out. Even if it doesn't work, step out. Because you know what? It's God's will for them to be healed. It's God's will for them to be set free. It's God's will for them, for their salvation. And um, I'm going to tell you this, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff ministry-wise. Also, just in my everyday walk with the Lord and, and spreading the love of Jesus. But also walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, you see a lot of things happen. You see amazing stuff happen. And then you sometimes don't see anything happen. And that happened to me multiple times this week. Even when I messed up on words of knowledge or I didn't see someone get completely healed or I didn't see someone get completely delivered, I'm not going to stop pursuing Jesus. I'm not going to stop praying for people if I don't see breakthrough or if I don't see uh, a 100% manifestation it's our job to step out it's God's job to do the work right but God needs our voice he needs our body he needs us to be obedient to what he's called us to do and I was talking to another believer in Christ today and I was telling him how much I've been learning about, um, about gardening. Right. And I know this doesn't make sense. Cause you're like, wait, casting out demons doing this, this, and then gardening. It'll make sense once I finish, but I have these tomato plants that are growing crazy, right? They're, they're, it's phenomenal how they've grown so fast in a month. But there's a lot of things I had to do for them to grow. Obviously, I had to water them twice a day. I put a tarp to shade them from the 118-degree heat here that we have in Arizona right now. Um, I had to wipe out a whole colony of ants because they were tearing up my, uh, my plants. Um, there's many things that I'm learning about this, but what... What really got me was that 
I need to be connected to the Lord. And these plants are connected together in their vines. And we're supposed to be connected to the true vine, and that's Jesus. And I've been having this personal conflict of how am I going to reach people to the Lord? How am I going to, how can I be a better witness? How can I be a, a better role model? How can I win more souls to the kingdom? And the Lord showed me this. He's like, how you, how you have those plants and how you watch them grow and how you water them. I, I, I literally water them until they're saturated with water. And once there's so much water, it finally soaks all the way down to the root. And then they start to produce fruit and they start to grow. I've also put the tarp and that tarp shades them from the beating hot sun. But what the Lord gave me in this revelation when I was talking to another believer in Christ, I have to have this tarp around my heart. I have to protect my heart at all times. Because there's everything that's trying to get into my heart at all times. And it's biblical to guard your heart and to guard your mind in Christ Jesus. And the thing is, is that everything is wanting to sit on the throne of your heart. But Jesus is the only one that should be on the throne of your heart. And I can't, I can't express that enough because... You'll get so distracted. You'll think that you're doing the works of the Lord. You'll think that you're doing all this amazing stuff, but it's not by your works how you are going to heaven. It's by his righteousness. It's by the freedom that we have, the blood of Jesus, that we enter into his kingdom. And I realized the Lord was trying to show me that if you, if I just barely watered my plant, it would it would die. If I constantly threw seed and never gave it water, never put in good soil, never did all this preparation stuff, it would die. And the Lord kind of showed me that if you water it till the water becomes so full, it's visible, it finally gets deep into the root of the plant. And what I'm saying is that we, as believers in Christ, need to be connected to the life-giving water. That water needs to, we need to overflow with that water because once we overflow, it's so easy to reach people. It's so easy to see people healed. It's so easy to see people delivered and set free. And the Lord's really teaching me in this time to really truly be dependent on him for everything that I do. And I'm telling you, I was so focused on, okay, I'm going to please, I'm going to try to please you, Lord. I want, I want you to delight in me today. I'm going to have this tactic and this tactic and this tactic to reach these unbelievers. And the, and this is what the Holy Spirit told me. And it was so crazy. He gave me this revelation in the shower. <laughs> it's crazy. The Lord will talk to you when everything is quiet. When you're just, like, you're just focused and you're not distracted by all these things. You have to get in a place of quietness with him. But he said, maybe your tactic's wrong. Maybe if you just stay connected to me, you'll be so overflowed that once you get by that person, you'll splash onto them. And you'll touch them 
without even you knowing. You're just overflowing out of that abundance that you have in your heart. And I notice when my plants that are filled with water, they thrive because it's an overflow of nutrients that they're getting. Not preaching by showing godly conduct and proclaiming the word of God, which will set men free, which will set women free. This is a game changer, guys. And I wanted to share that before we jump in because it's so important because I'm literally preaching to myself because I have to get this because I know I dealt with a lot of like, oh, I got to do this for the Lord. I got to do this and I got to do this. And I, and I became so overwhelmed in my heart. And the Lord's like, you're not doing what you need to do first and foremost to spend more time with me. And all that other stuff will be easy. Okay? I love you guys. And just keep fighting that good fight of faith. But let the Holy Spirit correct you and prune you. And with that being said, you know, with that, my tomato plant, it's growing crazy. I need to prune it because it's growing just ridiculous and going everywhere. And I needed to keep on this, on this straight and narrow way for it to grow strong and to bear much fruit. Just like we are trees of righteousness for God to bear much fruit for his kingdom. So just want to share that. Okay. Today, we are going over the book of Revelation. Um, we have been doing this series for a couple weeks now. Um, what, is your guys, what is your guys' feedback on this? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Um, have you been learning? Have you been, have you been trying to dive deeper in this and get a better revelation for yourselves? Um, this is a time to to input anything before we jump in. I have been, I've, I've been interested in the book of Revelation and I've been, you know, watching a lot of like sermons on it. Mm. And a lot of the stuff out there is lining up to precursors. There's a lot of precursors coming down, you know, the pipeline. And it's interesting how they say like a lot of, prophecy is already being fulfilled in the book of revelation but it's neat to see like eschatologists that study it and um and then they just kind of show you you know like in the news and like what's going on and it's, it's amazing like yeah. how it's already like accelerating you know it's not it's not quite there yet but there's a lot of precursor stuff that's that can be used and it's like wow yeah um you're you're right about that that's totally right also chelsea mentioned that you have to read it a couple of times to really understand it um we have to do our diligence of studying the word to be ready in season and out of season to study ourselves approved right and it's literally or it doesn't say study ourselves, it's showing ourselves approved. And what how that happens is that we actually study the word, we meditate on the word until it becomes revelation in our heart. And that's what we need in this time because what revelation means is to reveal, right? It's to show, it's to unveil what was hidden. 
And I can't teach you guys everything. I'm just here as a messenger of the Lord, and I'm here to do his will, and I'm here to do what he's asked me to do. But also we have to take, we have to be proactive when it comes to really trying to understand God's word more. And I'm not saying just read it as the book because you have to have the Holy Spirit revealed to you. But there's also a lot of resources. There's a lot of research you can do. Um, There's many things that you can do to grow. And I feel like the Holy Spirit in this time wanted me to talk about this because a lot of churches don't talk about it. A lot of people don't talk about it. There's a lot of people I know that don't want to read it because they're scared. And it's not it is not to be scared or some people think it's not valuable. And it is valuable. All the word is inspired by God. And all the word needs to be read. It's 100% true from start to finish. But if we don't take time to really meditate and grow in this, then expect complacency. Expect not to... Expect to be stagnant, I would say. I I have to constantly meditate on the word day and night for my own self, not just to preach or teach, but for me. I, I have nothing to give if I don't have communion with the Father through the Holy Spirit, a personal relationship with Jesus, and meditating on God's word. I cannot give you nothing. My opinions, my statements, none of that matters. It's God's word that is going to be from everlasting to everlasting. And that's the word that will stand forever, will not be shaken. So thank you for sharing. I I appreciate it. Um, Today, we're going to talk about the lamb that opens the seal and the four horsemen today. Um, I know we're running late on time. But bear with me. Be patient with me. If you guys have to go, I understand. But I am going to read this word. And I believe today the Lord's going to reveal new information that maybe you've never seen before. Okay? So, Revelation chapter 6, in the New King James Version, verse 1. Now I saw when the Lamb... Open the one of one of the seals, and I heard of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked and behold a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Now the lamb is Jesus, right? And what it says in the Hebrew or actually says in the Greek is Arnenian, Arnean, originally a little lamb, but the diminutive forces is largely missing in the New Testament. In John chapter 21, verse 15, Arnenian is used of young believers, while 29 times in Revelation, it is the title of the exalted Christ. That's the Lamb of God. Arnenian is in the direct contrast to the beast. So the beast is what? Satan, right? The beast is is Satan in that in that form 
of what he looks like. It doesn't like Satan doesn't look like you know like the ASU symbol with <laughs> with the sparky with the horns and the pitchfork and a tail. Satan doesn't look like that. If anything, he looks like an angel of light, and he looks beautiful and angelic and perfect, but he's deceiving. But these are just a representation to give you a difference that Jesus is the lamb and Satan or Satan is the beast, right? The beast is savage, cruel, hostile, and destructive. By contradiction, con- excuse me, by contradistinction, thank you, Chelsea, our Lord as a lamb is gentle, compassionate, loving, and kind innocently suffering and dying to atone for our sins. In Revelation, lion and the lamb combines the two elements of majesty and meekness. So when we say that Jesus is the lion and the lamb, it's majesty and meekness. So now you can explain that to someone. You know, what what does it mean when they say, you know, he's a lion and a lamb? Well, yeah, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah he also is a lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. It's majesty and meekness. Okay. Also, when I talked to, I was I was doing some research, and Greg Lowry, I think that's how you pronounce it, Greg Lowry, um, was talking about the four horsemen, and I want to learn more about this because um, me and my grandpa have discussions about the four horsemen on a frequent basis. But I thought it was so interesting what he said about the first horseman. And I looked and behold a white horse and he sat on it, had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer. What his interpretation of what the white horse really symboled was actually the Antichrist. Because the Antichrist is always trying to imitate the risen the risen king jesus christ so when jesus comes on a white horse with many crowns on his head and he's the one that's victorious satan is always trying to imitate god is always trying to reduplicate he's always trying to um have any any type for what Jesus is. So Jesus comes in the white horse. That's what I love what Greg Lowry was saying. Lowry, he was saying that the Antichrist starts the tribulation, right? He, he starts the seven years of tribulation, but Jesus comes and ends the tribulation. So who's really victorious is Jesus. But this white horse also is interpreted um by other you know scholars and, and other theologians is that the white horse as a symbol of international power politics in the form of military conquest some others see the white horse rider as christ continuing to move in triumph through his church during throes of falling events conquering through tribulation and to conquer ultimately over all so there's many interpretations, but I believe that this white horseman symbolizes that he's coming 
to conquer. We know that, right? Military conquest or power politics. But that's what the Antichrist is trying to do too. The same thing. So I, I could see the correlation why he made uh, that interpretation of the white horse. So that's the first seal that gets broken. Second seal, verse 3. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Another horse, a fiery red, went out. And it was granted to, to the one who sat on it. Take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. So the rider on the horse, that's fiery red, is a symbol of silver of civil war and strife. So it's pretty self-explanatory that this, that peace will leave the earth because now we don't have the Holy Spirit on the earth, right? There's no, there's not God's protection, right? It's the enemy has like a full, they have full range to do what they what they want, and um, there there will be a lot of chaos. There will be a lot of killing and destruction amongst people and people will start to turn um towards people and that i've always questioned that too because you know you kind of think like wow there's so much violence there's so much wars going on just in this time alone but there is still a balance that i believe is god's grace and the holy spirit on the earth while the why excuse me that the world is not going in utterly chaos. There's still God's sovereignty. There's still there's still God's um, provision, but also um, also that balance where evil is not taken over fully. But once this happens, when the seals get broken, that's when all demonic forces have power and dominion over the earth. The third seal, scarcity on the earth. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and wine. So, the rider on the black horse is the symbol of economic disruption. The problem is not famine, but inflation and scarcity. A denarius was the daily wage for a laborer back in the back in the Jewish day, or not even back in the Jewish day, but back in history and time, which ordinarily would would buy eight times the amount of wheat and barley as under these conditions. So that just shows you that it's going to be eight times more expensive compared to the loaf of bread that you pay for right now. Or it's going to be eight times the amount of gas prices. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to be driving, you're going to be riding a horse. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, to continue, the oil and the wine is a symbolic of luxuries. Likely means the famine is viewed as limited. It is not depict worldwide or rampant starvation. So if God really is pouring his wrath upon men and women that have rejected him 
they've had the opportunity to receive Jesus like we do right now, right? There's grace and mercy in this time. But once the church is taken up with our groom, Jesus, all hell's going to break loose for seven years. And, you know, I really, I don't battle with this thought, but there's many people that come to me and say, why would God do this to men? Why would God be so angry toward them? God is a righteous judge, and he must punish sin. He must punish wickedness. He must punish the rebellion that is coming against him. And it might not make sense to you guys, you know, you, you, you know, God is a God of love, right? He is love, but he's also a God that is just and merciful. But if you choose to go against him, there will be consequences, right? Like to clear this up, God did not make hell for you and me. He made it for the fallen angels. He made it for Lucifer and the one-third of the angels that disobeyed, wanted to become like God, wanted to overthrow his kingdom, and now there's eternal judgment for that. There's eternal separation. He's like, you were with me in the beginning of time, and now you don't want to be with me? This is where you can go. But because once we sinned, once we've fallen short of God's glory, and we all have, we've all missed it, we have the decision to either make Jesus our Savior and our Lord or to be away from him for all eternity. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. The fourth seal, widespread death on earth. Verse 7, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the four living creatures saying, come and see. So I looked and behold a pale horse and the name who excuse me and the name of him who sat on it was death and hades followed with him and the power was given to them over the fourth of the earth to kill with sword with hunger with death and by the beasts of the earth so the pale actually in the greek is a color that's yellowish and green color so it's not like pale, like pale white. It's actually a yellowish green color. So it's it's kind of, it's not a nice color. It's not something that's easy on the eyes. Um, it's almost even a color of, of sickness. You know, I don't know if you ever watched those old cartoons where they turn kind of yellowish and green and look sick in the face. That's what I'm kind of imagining what that would kind of, what that horseman would look like. Um, it represents disease and death. Hades is seen to note on Matthew chapter 11, verse 23. Um, Hades is just another thing of like, um, like hell or uh, Hades um, in the Greek mythology was like the ruler of hell. And I think this is what, what it's meaning. And I could be mistaken, but, you know, when we think of hell, we think of death and they kind of are partnered with each other. That makes sense. Because the thing is, Jesus actually freed us from 
sin, death, and the grave. All men are appointed to die once, but not all men are appointed to die twice, right? And what I mean by that is that we, all, everyone has to die, right? It's inevitable. That's the wages of sin is death. But Jesus fulfilled that debt on the cross. So then when we die once, we're with him for eternity. But what this is saying is that when men die and they have to sit in that, in that throne room of, of the judgment seat of Christ then that's when they talk about the second death. And we'll, and that will be shown further in the book of Revelation, and we'll cover more about that once we get to that chapter. So just to carry along, um, it says over the fourth, it says right here that, and the powers were given to them over a fourth of the earth. So the devastation is limited in scope, so only one-fourth are going to be um, killed by the sword with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. Um, I don't want to say wrong information, but if you think about it, if there's 8 billion people on earth, how many people will be destroyed? Yeah, it's 2 billion. 2 billion people. Two billion people. That's like, but that's like all of India and all of China just gone. Just to give you a, a picture of what that looks like. But the thing is, though, if you're a Christian now, you're not, see, God says um, that you won't receive his wrath. That wrath is meant on the disobedient that that wrath is meant on the people that rejected him and rejected Christ and choose to follow Satan in his ways so this is not a time to be scared it's not a time to panic this is a time to be grateful and praise and worship our risen king for what he did that we wouldn't have to face uh, the wrath of God the condemnation of God remember when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was praying, and that was his last. That was his last time before he got imprisoned, and then crucified. And he was pleading with the Father, saying, "Let this cup of wrath pass over me, but not Thy will, but Your will be done." So Jesus took the cup of wrath upon him, upon himself, and became that living sacrifice. That's why. That's why Jesus is everything like that's why jesus is king that's why jesus is our lord our savior our master our best friend like he did it all for us he gave his life for us and it's i think if we think about stuff like that and what we don't have to go through is amazing fifth seal the cry of the martyrs verse nine and what a martyr is just to give you an explanation. A martyr is someone that dies for their faith, that dies for the Lord Jesus through proclaiming the word of God and standing for their faith. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. 
And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then the white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them, They they should not they should excuse me, that they that they should rest a little while longer, until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. So what Jesus is talking about are the people that are going to have to die for their faith that do not accept the mark of the beast, that do not worship the Antichrist, right? That that die without receiving that mark. And to further go along at what it says under the altar in ancient sacrifices, the blood would symbolize life was poured out at the base of the altar. So this is a symbolic reference that they're under the altar. So their blood has been shed, right? For the, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> John saw the souls of all the Christian martyrs up until the time of the writing of the book of Revelation and by implication until the second coming of Christ. They were praying for the vindication of God's justice, not vengeance. That's good. His vindication of God's justice, not for vengeance. Those who dwell on the earth and the white robes presents purity and victory. That's what we will receive. Rest a little while longer. God patiently delays the final judgment to give evildoers the opportunity to repent. Even though his saints continue to suffer... God is concerned for justice, but even more mercy. The five seals refer to military conflict and conquest, civil war, economic disruption, pestilence, murder, accidents, and persecutions. Now, I know a lot of people are like, well, we're going through the the book of Revelation right now. No, we're not. No, we're not. But a lot of stuff that's happening are precursors to that. And a lot of things that we see today in our world have really showed that we're on that path. That the world is not going to get better, guys. It's going to get worse. And that's why we need to stay connected to our king. That's the only one that can save. The only one. Okay, help me, Holy Spirit disturbances verse 12 i looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind then the sky receded as a scroll and when it was rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place and the kings of the earth the great men the rich men the commanders the mighty men every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand Okay. 
The sixth seal describes a cosmic catastrophe, inconceivable to the human mind. It is not to be interpreted literally. Seven structures of creation and seven classes of men are affected. This appears to be the final day of the Lord, the great day of his wrath, but yet remain the judgments and wrath of the trumpets and bowls. The end is not yet. We also say that these events have precursors in social upheavals and the rise and fall of empires and civilizations throughout history. The unsaved do not repent, but pray to nature for deliverance. The question who is able to stand is answered in the two interlude visions. And I'm going to go further into this, guys. The great day of his wrath, the pre-wrath rapture. View sees the promise of First Thessalonians chapter four verse seventeen and Revelation chapter four verse ten being fulfilled. Just prior to this event, the church is kept out of this hour of consummate judgment upon the earth, but is present during the earlier segments of the great tribulation. In concordance with Jesus's words. In Matthew chapter 24, 29, verse 31, the great day references not a single day, but the entire scope of the end time events, from the breaking of the seals to the final day of the Lord's wrath. So I believe that's quite interesting that we will be present during earlier segments of the great tribulation. So the Lord is not going to destroy us. But we have to remain faithful all the way up till death to receive our crown of life that is promised to us by our king. And it says in God's word that whoever seeks to save their lives will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will keep it. Now, I know this might be heavy, and I know this might be scary, but the Lord says, do not fear, for I am with you. My peace, I leave with you. I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. And the thing is, guys, you're not going to be able to truly withstand if you're not connected to him. You have to be on the rock and he is the rock of our salvation. This is the time to be prepared. This is the time to grow with him. And there will be times where you will get persecuted. There will be times when you'll have challenges on what to do or, or what you should decide. But remember this, that Jesus is with us. That Jesus is the narrow gate and few find it. That we don't have to go on these detours. We don't have to 
go astray, we can stay with the good shepherd and we shall not lack, right? He'll take us to pastures of, of running water that will be protected by him. Even if you had to die for your faith, you're still protected. Your salvation is still protected. And I know this is hard to hear, but there will be a time where you will face trials and tribulations for your faith. There will be times where the enemy will be at your front door. But guess who's behind you? It's God. It's God Almighty that stands behind you. So do not fear, for he's with you. The sealed of Israel, Revelation chapter 7. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and sea, and saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 140,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. So I'm going to break this down. And then we're going to continue uh, reading. So we left off on the beginning of verse 5. It says, The four winds of the earth represent evil forces of devastation controlled by four angels. The four winds of the earth represent evil forces of devastation controlled by four angels. The east symbolizes the source of blessing. The seal is the invisible sign of God's protection not from tribulation and death but from God's wrath I love that they cover that that yeah you know we're all pointed to die and yeah we're going to go through tribulation God never promised us that this walk would be easy we did promise us that we would not suffer God's wrath upon us because his son did that for us Those sealed by the Holy Spirit are God's possession. Those sealed by the Holy Spirit are God's possession. In in dramatic contrast to those who bear the mark of the beast. So we have the seal of redemption. We have the seal of promise. That's the Holy Spirit. And now the others that choose to follow the beast, to, to follow the false prophet, to follow the dragon, Satan, and the Antichrist, they have their own seal. That's the mark of the beast. Um, and I'll just, I'm going to continue going along. The sealed saints are depicted from two perspectives. First are the saints about to enter the, the great tribulation, represented by the symbolic number 144,000. Now, what I heard, 
these 144,000 are the Jewish tribes, the Jewish nation, right? Um, I know a lot of Jehovah Witnesses, what they believe in is that, you know, there's they can there's only going to be 144,000 that will enter God's kingdom. That's not true. If you read the word, as it says right here, it doesn't say only 144,000. This is just showing the seal and the remnant of Israel and their tribes that 144,000 are the like the basic military in division of the camp of Israel. That's what it means, you know? And it just shows that these are God's chosen people that are going uh, to uh, be sealed. So verse five, of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed and the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed and the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. The tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. The tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. The tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. The tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. The tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. The tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. So there's a lot of symbolic uh, distinctions that are going on. So the result of 10 times 10 times 10 is a perfect cube symbolizing completeness multiplied by 144 or 12 times 12. So what is showing that there's completeness with how God has orchestrated 144,000 tribes of Israel in completion. See, God always, he formulates and has everything to a T. God's wisdom is precise. I mean, remember when God spoke to to uh, to Job, how the earth works and how things are created and how he sees every living thing and how he has it so strategically aligned. That's what God is showing again. God is a God of excellence and completeness. Verse 9, the multitude from the great tribulation. After these things, I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could number of all the nations. Now, this is all the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. So now this is all of us, guys, all of us crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders, and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might, be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes? Where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, 
These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. The great multitude is all the redeemed out of all the people, groups throughout all of history. That's amazing. So everybody. Ah, everybody. White robes and palm branches symbolize righteousness and victory. A sevenfold ascription of adoration. The one who comes out, literally, one's coming out. A present particular expressing a continuous and repeated action, not a once and for all action. This is not post consumination picture. Therefore, tribulation is to some degree taking place throughout the entire church. Now I'm going to stop there. That there is such a great reward when we follow Jesus. Yeah, it sounds terrible and hard, but you got to think we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We're God's elect we're righteous and victorious through the blood of Jesus. And we're able to dwell with him that we, there will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain. We will have that life-giving water flowing to us and through us and for us to consume. And God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And I can't wait for that day until I see that. And I just want to give everyone the opportunity to know Jesus, but to make Jesus Lord and their Savior. And um, I just want everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. Father, thank you for your word, that your word is true and it's living. Thank you, Lord, that you will not display wrath upon us, that even through tribulation or even death, you promised us your wrath wouldn't be spilled upon us because Jesus took your wrath upon that cross. And then there's great reward following you and the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. That's you, Jesus, that you are the good shepherd that leads us to life-giving fountains of water. That, Father, you would wipe every tear from our eyes. And that we're giving robes of righteousness and salvation and palm, and palm branches that represent righteousness and victory through you, Jesus. So if anyone that doesn't know the Lord or wants a relationship with Jesus today, Jesus is the only one that can set you free. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes before the Father but through him. If you want to receive Jesus today, if you want to be part of God's kingdom today, 
If you want to receive the Holy Spirit today, if you want to receive this new life that Jesus has paid for, I want you to repeat this after me. In all sincerity, wholeheartedly, repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come before you. I ask that you would have mercy upon me or I have sinned against you and I have sinned against your son. I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that Jesus, you're the only way to heaven, to your kingdom. Jesus, I ask you to wash all my sin away. Jesus, I believe that you died on that cross for me to cleanse me of all sin. I also believe that you have risen from the dead on the third day, resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, I make you Lord, Master, and Savior over my life. Jesus, use this life to glorify you. Father, I ask you to fill me now with the Holy Spirit. I believe and I receive it in faith today, my salvation. I give you the glory honor, power, and dominion. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a citizen of heaven. You are now God's elect. You are now sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ah, Thank you, Lord, that you are God's possession now that you can enter God's throne pure and spotless and blameless because what Jesus did, not because what you did and your works, because of the finished work of the cross. So I would love if you guys would contact us. We'd love to give you resources. We'd love to help you out in your faith walk and disciple. Um, just contact us again, Maranatha Ministries Love at gmail.com. If that is it, if anyone has any questions, this is your time to ask. If not, we are done. Um, I'm sorry that we went over time today, but I never want to rush God's word. God's word is so important, and we <laughs> we need to spend time really growing in his word. So, Any questions, anything anyone like to go over?
All right. I love you guys. Take care. God bless you guys. Record.